0: What's going on, mi gente? It's your boy, Jonathan Gonzalez, a.k.a. John the Presby, a.k.a. El Taco Naso, a.k.a. Probably the only dude you know from Reno, Nevada. <laughs> uh, but I am not here to tell you about Reno. I am here to give you some exciting news. Y'all ready? Okay. The exciting news is that for Crisis Cultura, not only now is a podcast, pero también it is a network. Woo-hoo-hoo! Woo! You heard that correctly. And because we are a network, we have a new show. And that show is called The Word Con Sazon. Let me tell you a little bit about The Word Con Sazon. So The Word Con Sazon is a sermon collective of reforming Latinos. What does that mean? That means that this podcast is a sermon feed. A sermon feed that highlights, that showcases... Latinos in the pulpit. So you're gonna hear men from all over the United States, from California to Florida to Georgia to Illinois, all over and all in between, from different denominations, from different backgrounds, from different nationalities, preaching and teaching the word of God faithfully con sazon, exegetically, but with style and with flavor. So we are super excited about this. Um, we as For Crisis Cultura have always thought of creating a space for Latinos and to share content from a Latino perspective. So what better way to do that than to showcase our pastors, our elders, our men under care who are pursuing ministry and giving them a space where you and the whole world can listen to our sermons. So... I am feeling a little generous, and I will let you hear the first 15 minutes of the Word Con Sazon, the first episode, and you're going to hear it here on For Crisis Cultura. And um, I'll leave you in good hands because I'm going to leave you with my homie, with my good friend, El Pastor Cubano, Pastor Aldo Leon from Reconciles Church in the city of Miami. All right. So go subscribe the new podcast, The Word Con Sazon, and stay tuned for season number two of For Christy Cultura, all right? All right, I said enough, go listen to these 15 minutes, it's dope, it's fire, he's a good preacher, and learn something, all right? The Word Con Sazon for Christy Cultura Network, John the Presby, I'm out.
1: Here's what I want to talk about today. And I'll put my timer. My timer starts now, right? Is what is the glue and heartbeat of Christianity? There's a lot of things in Christianity, but what is the glue that holds it together? And I think if you ask that question answer, there's a lot of things that we could say that, that, that the glue is. I mean, some of you may say it's, it's doing things, and some of you may say it's knowing things. Other you may say it's feeling certain things. Like people say, you know, Christianity is love, love, love. Some of you may say it's willing certain things. And so all you ever talk about is surrender when you talk about Christianity. Others of you may say it's about relationship. And some of you may say, no, it's not about relationship, it's about rules. Some of you may say it's about an individual and and his and his Lord. Others you may say, no, it's not about the individual, it's about the collective. Some of you may say it's about family. Others you may say, no, it's not about family, it's about culture and community. And I think that there's a lot of things that that, that I think we could say, like Christianity is about reaching out. And others say, no, it's not about reaching out. It's about reaching within. You know, some people say it's about growing. Other people say it's not about growing. It's just about being faithful. Now, all these things are involved in Christianity and a part of Christianity, but none of these things are the heartbeat of Christianity. As a matter of fact, apart from what I'm about to say, none of these things are actually Christian. The the glue and heartbeat of Christianity is union with Christ. Union with Christ, the world of Christ and being in Christ, is what makes all these things distinctly Christian. No union with Christ, no none of these things are Christian. So Christianity is more about who you exist in, why you exist in him, and less about what. If you get the who you're in, then the what actually matters. If you don't get the who you're in, then there's no what. I mean, like, is you doing Dr. Seuss things up here? Just 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 stay with me and, and hopefully I'll I'll clarify this. So here's what I want to do. This year, um, instead of getting lost in all the hoopla of all of these what's and whatnots, I want you to call you to consider the more profound reality of existing in a who in all of your what's. The more profound reality of existing in a who and what it means to be in Christ. In a lot of all of your coming whats, and so if you go if you come to Pine Lands next week, this will be kind of like one of two messages that are related. So there'll be a little bit overlap, but not a whole lot. So you think union with Christ? What are you talking about? Babbling? Who and what guy? Here's the first thing I want. I'm going to say six things. Here's the first. Union with Christ means that Jesus is the starting point of Christianity, not the goal. He's the starting point of Christianity, not the goal. I'm going to be bouncing around from lots of texts. Sorry if that bothers you or or frustrates you, but I'm not going to be in one text. Here's the first text that I'm going to use. Colossians 3, 1. So if you have been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above, not what is on the earth. Why? For you have died and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. When the Messiah who is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So basically, what's going on here? Paul is saying, listen, you guys have already arrived in the resurrection of Christ. Christ was raised and seated, and because he's there, that's where you are. Positionally, you're there. You are in that place of trying. That's where your life is hidden. Because he arrived and his triumph, and he's sitting there. That's your starting point. And this is very important because in the Colossian church, they had all this arrival Christianity. All these things to arrive and all these kind of ways of getting somewhere. And Paul's like, hold up, hold up. If you're in Jesus, you have arrived positionally. This is not Game of Thrones where everybody's seeking to arrive and get the throne. Christianity starts with Jesus being on the throne and you working your way down from that arrival that he has. Now, let me give you two pictures that may be helpful. The first picture is of a person dating. Some of you are dating here. Some, a lot of you are married. When you date somebody, it's always you're trying to get to... The relationship. And you're pretty pathetic. Because, you know, you exaggerate about yourself. And you hide all these unlovely things about yourself. That's one way you see a relationship is the dater. The other, so you're working towards a relationship. You're working towards a bond. You're working towards love. You don't got it. The second picture is of a child. That relationship starts with a bond. That relationship starts with affection. Not working for affection. That's where it starts. You're not working for a bond. That's where it starts. Paul is saying, listen, Christianity, is you start with Christ. You don't work there. You don't go on a process to get there. Jesus is where you start, period, point blank. All of Christianity starts with Jesus and goes nowhere apart from that starting with Christ. Now, let me tell you what that sounds like practically. I have righteousness. In Jesus. And because I have righteousness, I am now living from the righteousness that I have in Christ that's been credited to me. I have forgiveness of sins. I have pardon. Why? Because Jesus was crucified and I start with him. I have justification. Justification is a word for your legal papers before God. I got that in Christ. Because I have Christ. So I'm working from my status, not working for a status. I have reconciliation, I mean, there was this big gap between me and God. And because I have Christ, I am working from reconciliation, not working for reconciliation. I have my adoption. I have Christ's affection. So I'm living out of the fact that I have adoption already in Christ because he is the perfect son for me. I have Christ. I have eternal life. And so I'm working out of what I have. I start with Jesus and work my way down, not work my way up to Jesus. Listen, Christ is not a savior at the top of an escalator that is calling you to find him at the top. Christ brings you to the top of the escalator and says, walk down with me. You start with me. I am the starting point, not the goal. Now, in a sense, he's the starting point and the goal. But he is the starting point that we start from, not someone that we strive to achieve later. So what does it mean to be in union with Christ? It means that Christ is the starting point, not the goal. Here's the second point. Union with Christ means that we must stay where we start. We must stay where we start. I got two verses for that. John 15.3 says, You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Is Jesus is saying, listen, you start with being united to me and what I did. And guess what? That's where you stay. And unless you stay where you start, you can't do anything fruitful. Very clear. I mean, I'm not doing something profoundly. Uh, I didn't see that. Jesus is saying, you have to stay with abiding in me. So if you get into me based upon what I do and who I am, then that's where you stay. And as you stay, as you abide, as you trust regularly and the Christ that connected you to him, you then produce fruit. You don't fail where you started. Guess what? You don't produce fruit. You move on from the vine. You do a bunch of fruitless activity that is dead works, Hebrews 9 talks about. Here's the second text. Colossians two six, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. So basically, Paul's saying, you know how you received Jesus Christ the Lord by faith in what He did? That's how you keep walking. The same way you receive Him is the same way you walk. And then it says, in developing the thought, rooted up in Him and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught overflowing with gratitude. The Christian life is receiving the Christ that you receive. You trust his achievements. You receive his actions and his promises. And as you receive them, as you walk in that reception over and over again, trusting Christ more, not moving on from Christ, you then overflow with gratitude and out comes Christianity. You stay where you start. You don't graduate from trusting Christ as the source of your eternal and everyday life. Now, this is very important, but I think, if I'm honest, when I I talk to uh, you, beloved, I think this is something that you struggle with. And here's a picture that I think may be helpful. Look, when you plant a small plant and it gets really big, the plant cannot tell you, hey, you know what, I've grown a lot, so now... I'm going to get out of the soil, and I'm just going to start walking around. That's silly, right? Would you ever think that, okay, now my little plant is this big. I'm going to pull it out and just put on the concrete. It has to always stay attached to where it started. Beloved, you have to stay attaching yourself to the thing that started your Christian life. You cannot pull yourself out of grace and God's promises and what Jesus did for you and move on. In the same way, why does Jesus use agricultural pictures? Because that's you. This is so hard because I feel like in the last, in the last, when when I first became a Christian, this is what I heard from my well-intended leaders. Okay, you got the gospel, now all these things you're gonna do. Not, you get the gospel, now I'm gonna connect the gospel to life. Now, gospel move on, just do. Or I was I was talking to some very old Christians um, in the last month, and they told me things like this. Listen, I'm a Christian, okay? I need to grow and mature. I don't need to hear the gospel. Tell me what to do. As this maturity is not staying where you start, but these texts make it clear. That your ongoing growth does not go by going around the gospel, but going deeper into the gospel. You stay where you start, and that's how you mature. Not, I got that, and I move on. And here's one picture I think that may be helpful as to why this happens so much. I think we think of the gospel more like a lake in Miami. I go to a lake once, I got it. Oh, we walked around the trail, it was great, I got it. And so we think about the gospel, Jesus, life, death, and resurrection, food, kind of like a, like a lake. You know? But beloved, the gospel is more like an ocean where you can go there a thousand times. You can go really far out, and guess what? You never exhaust its massiveness. Listen, you will be in heaven for a billion years, and you still won't get anywhere near to understand the love of Christ. You think you got that now? In heaven, what are Christians who have no more sin doing? They're singing the gospel. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. But you got it, right? You got it, right? You made it. No. Beloved, we must stay where we start. And as we stay where we start, we then grow and mature. Look, here's another text. I feel like I have to use a lot of text because people don't believe me. We've been so used to hearing that the gospel is just for salvation, not for sanctification, that we just, we just bypass the actual passages. Look at Colossians 1, 28. Now, this is in the present tense. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul's saying, how do I present you mature in Christ? By the proclamation regularly of him, who he is, and what he does, and what that means for you. That's how I present you mature. The alternatives is how do I present you immature? I proclaim you all the time. I talk about you all the time and all the things that you must do. And I don't tell you how the things that he did for you then empowers you to do. That's how you present people immature in Christ. That's why you'll meet Christians who've been Christians for 40 years, and they still talk like they got saved yesterday. Because no one showed them, listen, you started like this, receiving Christ. Guess what? This is how we keep walking, and that's how you're going to grow and mature. So you know Christ means we he's the starting point, not the goal. Secondly, we stay where we start. Thirdly, it means that we have one story that we replay. One story that we replay. Now, let me read the verses before. I'm going to be in Ephesians Four twenty to twenty five. But let me read the verses before. So listen.